The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. I'm in the book of Luke this morning, chapter 10. I'm going to be pretty simple. Talk about some simple verses today. We're going to be in Luke 10. We could make it to Mark chapter 4 as well. Luke chapter 10. And down in verse 38. I'm going to read verse 38 through 42. I'm going to read them. And then we're going to go to another translation of these things. Luke 10, 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha. Everybody say Martha. Martha. How many are already convicted now? You know where this is going to take you. There was a certain woman named Martha. What did Martha do? Martha, I love this, she received him into her house. I think, I think everybody, we ought to learn things from this whole story here. We ought to learn something. We've got to, we've got to receive him into our house. This house. Is, this is the temple of God. And you, you know, he, he won't force himself on you. He's not going to do that, is he? Now, he can, make it, he can make it really hard on you while you're saying no. Don't, you're not welcome in my house. You know, not everybody has, has received him into their house. I receive, but see, that's what I said earlier. I receive every part of him into my house. You come on in my house, Jesus. You don't have to leave your healing work out in the outside. No, come on in here. Bring the healing in there. Bring the joy in here. Bring prosperity in here. Bring victory and salvation and eternal life in here. But you got to receive him into your house. Now some folks, I've just noticed this observation. There's people that they, re they sometimes receive him, but sometimes they don't receive him. Huh? Because they're maybe too busy. Or maybe they're, whatever it is. But I think the Bible stopped and, and noted Martha. She received him into her house. There's a, a sense there that she welcomed him into her house. And not only that, you know what? She would, there's people that they will receive him into the house, but they're not so glad about it. Because they know he's, you know, Jesus will tell the truth about what he finds in that house. Huh? I say one of the first little booklets I ever had when I first got saved, the week I got saved, I got hold, somebody, somehow I got this little booklet. And it was put out by the Navigators. You know, the Navigator organization, they're one of America's great organizations. And they put out material and have ministry on campuses and high schools and a lot of different things. But they put out this little booklet about, and I don't even remember the title of the booklet, but it was about, it was about when Jesus comes into a house, 
He wants to get into every room in that house. Now, I didn't know all the Greek words about all that, but I understood. as soon as I read that, I'd been saved a few days when I got that. I understood what was, what was being said by this booklet. Jesus wants to get in every room of your house. Now, you know, you, there's rooms in our house. Sometimes, you know, you, you, have you ever had company over? And, you sh- and there's a few doors of your house, you shut the door, and you're, you're trying to give the company a message, you don't go in there. Usually it's because it's, it's a mess, or, you know, it's not right, or there's stuff we don't want you to see in there, or, you know, if you, see, if you saw in there, you'd think different about us. But I want you to know that we've got to receive Jesus into our house into our life. I know this is oversimplified, but we we forget this kind of stuff. And he's got, he wants in there, he wants in every room. He wants in that room that you fixed up just really perfectly. You just got new furniture for it. It it, it was awesome, right? But he wants in that room. But then he wants in that room. Then he wants in that room. I found out that from reading that little booklet when I first got saved. This is, why I've, I, this is how I learned that Jesus, Jesus wants in every part of my life to, to fix it, mess with it. He can do whatever he wants, and he has access to my house. Huh? Now, so a lot of people, they, they'll receive him into their house, and they want his, they want his salvation, but right, they don't want his correction. Hmm? He, and that's the way it is with Jesus. He, he wants in every room, every thought, every motive, every intention. He wants, to, he wants in that house. And he wants, once he gets in the house, he wants in every room. And in the story in the book, I think it was upstairs. Jesus wanted to go upstairs. And he went upstairs. He went into a few rooms. But then there was one room that the, the, house, the guy that owned the house didn't want to let him in. Didn't want him to go in there. And I love Jesus because Jesus wouldn't give up on that. Jesus kept dealing with the guy and talking to the guy about, about this is how you live as a Christian. You let me in every part of your life. You, you, you let me in every part of your house. Hmm? And, and every part of your house means that I'm allowed to go in any room that I want to in your house. Hmm? So you're... So not just the rooms that I want to show off, but the rooms where there may be some stuff in there that I'm really hoping he doesn't want to see because I don't want him to know about it. Hmm? You know, that secret part of that, that. See that? And you know, it's easy as a Christian to have a secret life. You can play church and have an entire another life. I've, I've, known, 
I've known preachers that are that way. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be speaking to crowds of, of 50,000 people, crusades, soul-winning outreaches, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then you, and, and they'd be maybe one of the most famous preachers on television. And then you'd find out some years later it would come out. How many know your sin will find you out? How many know eventually Jesus is going to get in that room? Huh? That deserved a leg kick right there. Jesus, our sins are going to find us out. That doesn't mean Jesus is going to go around telling everything that you did. But it, if, if you don't listen to him, because he's... If he, you know, like this is, I'm going to use a name because it has happened to, like, like a guy like Jimmy Swaggart. Remember, Jimmy Swaggart was, he was a great, he was, he was I mean, unsafe people love Jimmy Swaggart. Man. There's people, at, they'd go to the bar and, and they would, they'd ask the bartender to change the channel from the football game to, Put Jimmy Swaggart on because they there was something they knew that that message that he preached about Christ and he was he was my favorite preacher by far I love Jimmy Swaggart he won souls and he did everything but all of a sudden I remember the day it happened I'm telling you it broke my heart because he was one of my champions of faith and when it came out it came out that he, you know the story, he'd, he'd been involved with prostitutes, sexual stuff. And, and you know, the, even the worst part of the story is, there, is that what ha- the, ra- the way Jimmy Swaggart got caught, you know that part of the story? This is how he got caught. And the real root of how he got caught in all that, and he'd been doing this for years. And all the time, yet, yet God would use him in a crusade. Hundreds of thousands of people impacted around the world. And you know how he got caught? This is how he got caught. The, the root of how he got caught was strife. Huh? Because there was, a, there was a pastor in his denomination at the time that was, uh, Jimmy Swaggart was in Baton Rouge, he was in um, this pastor, uh, his name was Marvin Gorman, because that's public knowledge as well. Pastored a large, successful church in uh, New Orleans, not far from Baton Rouge. And, uh, and, and Jimmy Swigert is the one that exposed him, because Marvin Gorman was in some sexual sin. And... Isn't that amazing how, how humans can think and work? This is why you, you got to let Jesus in every room. Huh? There's not a whole lot of people here today, but I came to meddle with every one of them. Somebody said, who are you preaching to? I'm preaching to us. I'm, you understand, I'm preaching to me right now. Don't, don't you let this happen, Pastor Crab. Don't you do this. This can happen. If it can happen to... Heroes of the faith, big shot, real big guys. Man, it can happen to you. And Marvin Gorman, the pastor in, the pastor of this biggest assembly of God church in New Orleans, 
He was in sexual sin. They did it amazing. Jimmy Swigert had been in sexual sin for years and years and years. He'd get off a platform and then go have a prostitute at the hotel. Hmm? And yet, Jimmy Swigert had the, the, the audacity to expose Marvin Gorman, who was in sexual sin, and his purpose was to bring him down. But you know what? While Jimmy Swigert was exposing Marvin Gorman in New Orleans, he, there was a room in Jimmy's life, apparently, that he wouldn't let Jesus get in there. I'm still talking about Martha received him into her house. Huh? And Jimmy Swigert, so Jimmy Swigert exposed Marvin Gorman. And, and took, it, it ruined, of course, I mean, it ruined Marvin Gorman's ministry in New Orleans. I don't know how long, if he stayed as the pastor right away, I don't know all that story. It was ugly enough that I didn't want to hear, hear any more gory details about that. So Jimmy Swigert is in sexual sin. He exposes Marvin Gorman, who's in sexual sin, for the purpose of bringing him down. Now, Jimmy Swigert didn't expose Marvin Gorman because Jimmy Swigert really had compassion on Marvin Gorman. There was jealousy or something. There was a seed of sin and strife that got in Jimmy Swigert's life toward Marvin Gorman. Now, but how many know you reap what you sow? And so you know how Jimmy Swigert got caught? Here's exactly how Jimmy Swigert got caught. Because somebody got word to Marvin Gorman, who had been brought down by Jimmy Swaggart about Jimmy Swaggart's escapades and, and even a, when the next time that Jimmy Swaggart was meeting up with the prostitutes in the room, in the hotel room. That's how he got caught. Because Marvin Gorman, then he, Marvin Gorman, this, this is how wicked, this is what happens when you don't let him in every room. I'm telling you stuff. You, you'll become a, you can become like a, a, a double agent person. And Marvin Gorman, because he was so mad at Jimmy Swaggart for bringing him down, that Marvin Gorman set, sent some people to the hotel where he knew Jimmy Swigert was going to be and told these guys what kind of car he had and those guys went to the hotel and let all the air out of Jimmy Swigert's tires in the car that he drove to the, the, the meeting with the prostitutes. And then, not only did they let the air out of his tires so he couldn't make a getaway, then they called the press. And so the press shows up at the hotel where Jimmy Swaggart is with the prostitutes. Now Marvin Gorman's down. Now Jimmy Swaggart is going down. And what I, I just want to tell you, I, I'm telling you, man, when I hear stuff like that, the fear of God gets all over me. Because it, it could... It, listen, it could... It happened... It happened to David, the king. 
David the king, apparently he didn't, there was a time David didn't let, let, let the Holy Spirit in every part of his life. David, we know about David, you know, David was the, he was the, he was the man after God's own heart. Oh yeah? Well, he I mean, he was, but he wasn't, or was he? David, King David, the, the most precious, you know, the Goliath and all his stuff, man. King David. He's supposed to be at war, but he's up on the housetop. Hmm? See, you, you got to do what God told you to do. And David's up on the housetop, and he glances next door, and there's a, a, a beautiful woman, and she's sunbathing, I guess, without anything on. And David, David right there, that's, that's where you better say, Jesus, come in this room. Get in this room with me. That's why you got to receive Jesus in the room. Because if you let Jesus in that room, you're not going to do that in front of Jesus, man, with Jesus in there. That's why you keep, try to keep him out of your room. And David, he, you know this story, he, and, and he had to figure out, well, how, how can I, I do this? So he, he has intercourse with her. She ends up pregnant. This, this is what happens when you don't let him in your room. I'm going to need a catcher here in a minute, man, because I'm... <laughs> I mean it. Huh? This is King David now. This, you know, I'm in no league with King David. I'm, in, I'm not, I'm like, whew. And King David did it. And, he, and so the, the woman ends up pregnant. Well, David then, he adds to his sin. That's what happened. When you don't let him in that room, then it adds. It just gets all complicated and messy. And, and you know the story. So David said, I got to figure out a way to get her husband, Uriah, who was on the battlefield. I got to figure out a way. Every married person needs to be listening to me really good right now. Hmm? I remember a Sunday night up on the hill. I preached on, I, I just, the Lord gave me a word that afternoon about he told me to preach on David and Bathsheba. I thought, well, Lord, there's nobody in here doing anything like that. You know, I preached that that night, and the next morning, early in the morning, my phone rang. And it was a, a brother, a leader in the church that confessed to me that he'd been, he's been on the road a lot, and he's been traveling, and all for years he's been in sexual sin against his and his wife in the church with me. Leaders in the church, man. And David, David then plotted how my, this girl's end up pregnant. Now, how am I going to get out of this? I'll tell you, I got to get her husband back home because he hadn't been there to get her pregnant. So I got to get him home. So David worked it out, and you know the story. It's unbelievable how, what happens to people when you don't let Jesus in every room of your heart. Huh? 
I promise. Now, here's what's weird about this today, right here. I, this has nothing to do with what I was going to preach. But I, 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 I'm on something right here that needs to be said. And David sent for Uriah, brings him home because his thought is Uriah will come home because they hadn't been together in a long time. They will, of course, be intimate, right? And then, it, and then it'll come out that she's pregnant and I won't take the fall for it. How many know you can run, but you definitely can't hide? It, your sins, our stuff's going to find us out. Hmm? And, and Uriah, her husband, comes home. And David's thinking, he's, a, he's, up, he's with Bathsheba next door in that house, and, and they're being intimate tonight. So I, whew, I worked it out. But Uriah, the Bible says, Uriah, how many know you, can, you, can, you can't out-scheme God? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, nobody is getting away with anything. If I were you right now, and I think you are, I know I am. I, I'm, I'm fixing stuff in my head right now. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that he's in every room. And Uriah, but because Uriah was such a good, faithful soldier that Uriah slept on the front porch. And because he said, my men are up on the front lines of battle, and even though the king has given me a, a little reprieve and given me some time off, it wouldn't be right that I in, have intimacy with my wife while they're there, so I'm going to sleep on the front porch. Huh. Now, you, you know, this is, I, I preach this when I get on this. You know, the, the, one of the, the, the funny parts or the odd parts about this story? You know who trained Uriah? Who did? David did. <laughs> you know how David got hung? Because he was a good leader and he, and he trained those men so well. And yet his own training put a noose around his neck. And if you, if you read your scriptures, you know, who, you know that Uriah was one of David's mighty men. And one of David's strong men. But David had forgotten, I guess, that what he had taught Uriah about character. And while Uriah had no character... David had a flaw in his character, and as a result, everything came down. He sends, you know the story, he sends Uriah back up to the front lines, and he gets killed, and it's, there's, there's so much bad stuff to David's story, man. And see, my point is, when I read that, and I think, of, I think how, how could that happen to David? How could that happen to Jimmy Swaggart? A lot of you don't know Jimmy Swaggart. I know you were, you're younger than we are, but 
I'm telling you, he was one of the most dynamic, well-known preachers on the planet. And yet it happened to him. Now, you know, I've been in, this is, you know, I'm in 40, almost 40 years of full-time ministry. You know how many preachers I've sat with that would just dump their stuff, come with what they've, what they've done, what they've been involved with? And they've, and, they'll, and they've lost everything. This kind of stuff. When you don't let Jesus in your room, you, what do you mean? Why are you preaching on this, Pastor? Well, because when you won't receive Jesus into your house and then get him in every room, I'm going to tell you, you can lose everything valuable to you and good to you. You can lose it. I know preachers that loved their wife, had a great marriage, beautiful, great woman of God that served with him. And, and just like Esau, you know, for a morsel of bread, they sold their soul. You, we've got to let Jesus in every room. Hmm? You've got to let Jesus in your money room. You've got to let Jesus in your sexual room. Hmm? You got to let Jesus see in your in your forgiveness room or unforgiveness room. You can't let any of this stuff happen. He wants to go in every room. And I want you I'm I'm just telling you, I'm telling you this today. I'm preaching this cuz I love you, man. And I don't want this. I I I I I fear God. I don't want this happen to me. I don't want to have I don't know, maybe the seed of this message got in me because the real message I wanted to preach this week was, was about becoming a builder for God. I'm, I got a word about being a builder. And, it's, and you know who it's about? It's about Solomon. Hmm? You know who Solomon's mother was? Bathsheba. Hmm. And Solomon... I, that's what I was going to preach, what he built as he built the temple. I'm going to preach it. It's good. There's some gold in it. But Solomon, with all of his wisdom, was the wisest man that's ever lived. And Solomon, with all of his wisdom, you know, Solomon, he might have started well, but he didn't end well. I made up my mind. I am not going to run in vain and start well and maybe have a lot of years of successful ministry and be pure and, and or stuff like that, right? And then all of a sudden lose my mind toward the end, last part of my life and lose everything that's valuable to me and hurt all, and there be dead bodies all around my life because how many know as Christians we don't live unto ourselves. I am responsible. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. I'm responsible for my brothers and sisters. And I'm responsible for a reputation. You know, Sarah and I learned early on in the, as, as young Christians and in the ministry, we don't, we don't hang out with people of the opposite sex other than, we, we, in other words, we wouldn't meet for lunch. I never would. I've had people get mad at me about it and not understand it. I won't ride in a car with a, with, by myself in the car. I, I, I don't do it. 
I've, don't ask. Well, well, what if your car breaks down? I still don't do it. I'll hitchhike until a man comes by. But I'm not going to do that, man. Because I learned early on, I learned early on, if I'm with a, you know, a woman that's not my wife, then I'm, no matter where I am, if I'm with her by myself, I'm three feet away from losing everything that I have. Hmm? Thank God, thank God, man, that, that, that we, by God's grace, let Jesus in every room of our heart. And I want to challenge the church today. I love you. I do not want you on a scrap heap. I don't want your marriage on a scrap heap. I don't want your ministry on a scrap heap. I want you to start well, run well in the middle, and I want you to finish well. We, we have determined for the rest of my life I'm going to finish well and not perfect, maybe not as successful as some think that we ought to be. That's not my business. But I want, to, I want to finish with purity in my heart. And the way I keep stay that way is to say, Jesus, I receive you into my house. Come into my house. And then when you come in my house, you, you're welcome in every room. I'll open every closet. I'll, I'll open every storage space. Huh? I'll let you down in the basement. And I think every Christian, I'm talking to people online today. And I, I just want to say this. I hope you heard my heart. I, I don't say that with malicious intent about Jimmy Swaggart. I tell you that because even he, I've heard him use his own story to warn people. Right? So I don't say that about Marvin Gorman nor Jimmy. I, I only say that because that's public knowledge. Everybody knows that kind of stuff but it's because I love people and this kind of stuff this kind of stuff is this you know we hadn't had much hanky waving during this service right here huh this isn't one where we get up and spin and say oh my god the glory hit hit me almost this is one where you say man I was Man, I, was, I don't know if what you were doing while I was preaching. Here's what I was doing. I was, I was making sure he, I was waving him in every room of my heart. Come on in here. Come on, Jesus. This one here, I'll tell you the real truth, Jesus. I got to be honest with you because you know I've been a little nervous about you getting in that part of, in the, into that room in my heart. But come on in. I'm telling you today, after the word of the Lord, come on in my heart. Come in every room. Come in every room and tell me what to, to get rid of and tell me what to throw out. Tell me what belongs in the trash. Tell me where I'm, tell me where I'm living dangerously. Huh? You know how many times in the ministry, those of anybody that's been in ministry understands this kind of stuff. How many know, like, I'll just, because I'm a male, I'll say this, but 
not every church woman has, has the right motives about the pastor. Not this, I'm not talking about this, I'm just talking about whoever the pastor is. That's a fact. And Sarah and I learned that, learned that as pastors. I remember as a young preacher in the little churches that I pastored, and Sarah would say to me, I need to talk to you about something. I always knew it wasn't going to be because she wants to make out with me or something right now. No. I knew it was something serious. And she, she'd say, you, Sister So-and-so, I feel funny when she's around you. I don't feel right about that. And so I'm telling you, unless you want me to knock you out, <laughs> to put more distance between you and she. And that's a, I'm like, well, that, that's sister so-and-so. How I many know women can women know stuff? You get you 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 know stuff. Huh? I told you one of the stupidest thing any church members ever said to Sarah was they came up to her one time and said, it must be just so wonderful to be married to him. He's so anointed. Sarah laughed right there. <laughs> He's not always so anointed, man. Huh? I want to thank God that I have a wife that has the courage to speak up to me. You wives, you wives, don't, don't do that. And, and men as well. There's been times that's happened for me towards Sarah. Nope. Uh-uh. Thank, nope. Mm-mm. That's it. And I, I, when I draw a line in the sand, I draw a thick line in the sand. No. That's not happening because that, that brother, something's not right in his heart. Hmm? It can happen to any of us. And here's, here's I'm going to leave you with a warning. It can happen in the most unsuspecting situation that you would never expect. And all of a sudden, it shows up and the right elements for an explosion are in that room. Even dealing with brothers and sisters. That's why, you know, sister with uh, the pastor, say. Well, she could be really in, struggling in her marriage at home. And her husband's not nice. He's not doing well. He's not doing right. He's mean to her. He doesn't show her affection and attention. And then, then the preacher starts... You know, the, the sister that never really thought, even thought about the preacher before. But all of a sudden, when she's in that situation, she, maybe that seed gets in her mind about how wonderful it'd be if you could just have somebody like him. And then that sister can find herself being, being wanting to be closer to him than she should. You have to watch every situation and every day. This, do, do you know how un, out, out of cultural rightness this is, what I'm doing right now? Yeah. We used to hear stuff like this in the church. Yes. 
Huh? We used to hear stuff like this, and I, I whew, man, I'm telling you, man, I, if my pastor looked at me a certain way, he had eyes that would like flame of fire, and I'd, and I'd think, he knows everything. <laughs> I found out later, he didn't really, but he knew how to make it seem like he did. Stay pure in your heart. Come on. Let Jesus in every room. Those of you that are live streaming with us today, usually I have an encouraging word of victory and overcoming and things like that. And, but today I felt like we just got in this and we flowed in this. If you're in a situation and you're live streaming... I want to tell you, get out of it before it blows up. Stop it. Stop it right now. Stop it today. Don't let it go another hour, another day. Stop it right where it is. And stop it in its tracks. And you're the only one that can do that. And the greatest way to do that is to let Jesus in every room of your heart. Let's all stand up. I just got a note that Rick and Debbie Emerson left early and Debbie is so sick that they're praying and deciding right now about whether to take her to the hospital or not let's they appreciate the church praying thank you for getting that to me thank you let's pray for Debbie Emerson right now and brother Rick Lord thank you for Rick and Debbie whatever's wrong with Debbie Lord you're the, her healer you're fixing which is that which is broken and you're bringing a healing word in the name in the name of Jesus Christ. God, give them wisdom about whether to go to the hospital or not or when, but show them what to do. Until then, Lord, you take over and you minister grace to her by the power of God and give them peace that they have a God they can talk to about this thing in the name of Jesus. Now, I know we, we still have to be wise about social distancing and all that kind of stuff but I, I still think we can uh, I want everybody that wants to let Jesus in every room of your heart I want you to get out of your seat and just stand up here and let's see we'll do the best we can maybe people want to stand up on the platform a little bit come on and do that so we can make sure I don't know about you but I want to let him in every room of my heart every room I receive him into my house. I receive him into my house. I want him. I want him in every room. I want him to be near me. He's welcome. He's welcome in every part of my life. He's welcome in my heart. He's welcome in my mind. He's welcome in my thought life. 
He's welcome in my closets, my storage spaces. He's welcome in upstairs, downstairs. He's welcome in that little house out back. He's welcome everywhere. And I, I receive him into my house this morning like Martha did. And I thank you for it. Father, I pray for these that have come. That, listen to me. This kind of message today under the right anointing can, can absolutely rescue your soul and your life. Now, and you know what? I, I'm not, I'm just going to say this. This is not just for married people. If you're unmarried and you're in sexual sin, listen, man, it, that, there's a Bible word for it. It's called fornication. And the Bible teaches clearly, man, no fornicator is going to inherit the kingdom of God. That, it can happen. I get it. Young people, it's a natural thing to desire that. But stop it. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know what will happen to our relationship if I stop it. Well, if anything might happen to it, then you'll be glad you stopped it. Because a, an honorable man would say, or girl would say, well, I get it. I'm thankful. Thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. So if you're, if you're in anything, get out of it. If you're, if you're in stuff that, about money, hmm? if you're in, in other words, if you're in, if you're cheating somebody, or you're not right up on your, you're not paying your taxes, you know, I told you that so many people have, through the years, come to us. They come to Joe, me, Sarah, the leaders of the church, and uh, said, I want to give, they'd say, I want to give so-and-so this money. But I want to make sure I get credit for it by giving it to the church. And, and, and if I hadn't made this decision early on, I, 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 you can't do that. You're not allowed to get a tax write-off. You, if you're going to give it to the church, give it to the church. Then we're a 501c3. But I can't take it as a 501c3 and give it to so-and-so. You can't cheat on that kind of stuff. And I, Because I need the blessing of God in my life. So I wouldn't do it just to keep that person happy. I've had people mad at me and tell me I didn't know the rules and the law. And I... I'd have to say, well, I beg your pardon, but I do. Well, I'm leaving the church. Well, have at it. You won't be the first one. There's a pretty long line out there that have. Praise God. Don't cheat on anything. Not on your marriage. Not on your boyfriend or girlfriend. Don't, 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 don't get into that kind of stuff. Somebody say amen. Did I ever finish about Solomon? What happened to Solomon? He, fin he started really strong, built the temple, but you know what happened to it? It says he loved strange women. He loved women, foreign women that had other gods. Had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Brother Solomon wasn't as wise as he once thought he was, was he? If it can happen to somebody like David, if it can happen to Solomon, 
it could happen to me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray a cleansing covering over everybody that's listening to me, those live streaming and those that are live today. I pray, God, that you would help us and have mercy on us and keep our hearts pure and clean. Lord, I pray, God, that, that anybody that, that, that has done that, Lord, that they would let the blood cleanse their hearts today. And we thank you for it. You are invited in every room of my heart and my life to do what you want to do and to have your way in the name of Jesus. How many married people are here? Wave at me. If you're married. I, I say by faith today that this thing that I talked about where this will never happen to you and your marriage. You're going to stay married to who you're married to and you're going to be happy about it. That, that may be the biggest miracle right there. Huh? And you're going to be happy about it and you, you're going to go all the way like your marriage vow said till death do us part. Till death do us part. We're going to stay true to one another. Somebody say amen. Well, pastor, are you saying you and Sarah have never been tempted by anything? Read your Bible. There is no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. Right? To be tempted, though, doesn't mean you're in the sin. Amen? You just don't let, let, let temptation conceive and become sin. Somebody say amen. And, and the way you do that is, is a good, another just illustration. You let Jesus in every room. Hmm? I need to look up that, I need to see if they still print that book. I need to get about 5,000 copies and pass them out. Praise God. Father, thank you for a great day in your house. Very different, but very great. Thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for truth. Thank you for conviction. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us safe and taking care of us in the name of the Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody that believed that said amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap and a shout. Come on, let's shout about it. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodecincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I. C-I-N-C-Y dot com.
We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.